0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Nerd Unscripted. This is your host, Tony Leidig. And uh, today we're going to continue talking about the Library Chronicles. And I'm going to start going through some of my downloads in a more methodical way starting today. Um, The last session, which is the first session in this series was kind of like a formal introduction of sorts, I guess. Um, I did share some of the interesting dreams and downloads that I had received. Uh, We're going to start off about a month ago um, because I think it's a good place to start, um, October 4th. Uh, Before I get to that, um, yesterday I posted a a PDF um, advertising the new... AI course, but it was, it was very interesting because I was able to just, you know, as a case study example, um, I've been working on taking the information that I've been getting and presenting it in a more novelized kind of way to make it easier to read. And, um, and the thought occurred to me to use, uh, some of the AI software that I've been experimenting with to try to illustrate uh some of what i was seeing and it took quite a while um, especially to create and render and process uh, the images but it was very interesting to me to be able to take some of these downloads and spin them into a more readable form and uh, a lot of fun so uh, if you haven't downloaded or read through that pdf now um, I'd recommend that you do it just for the fun of it, if nothing else. Plus, it'll give you um, some of this information in a different form because it came directly out of my Evernote document here. So um, one of the the things that's been really helpful as I've received these various downloads, and I just call them that because I don't know a better way to... to um, to define it. Um, There's so many, one of the things that I'm learning is, is that there are so many words that we use and take for granted that um, carry with them very specific meanings, depending on the types of influences or belief systems or whatever that you have in your mind. And so I, I kind of, there's been more than one time where I've really felt limitations To language, um, in trying to write some of this stuff down, and uh, because, like, referring to information in the library as data, for instance, is technically true, but it's a very limiting word. Data, like, what does that mean exactly? You could say information. You could say any number of things, but it's so much more than that. And so, that's honestly one of the biggest struggles that I've been having now that I have. You know well over a month's worth of downloads um I'm not getting them every day, but only because some days I have too much to do, so I just don't take time to set aside to tune in, so to speak i mean I could honestly, I could probably get them every hour if I had the time and luxury to do that but um so As a result of that there are uh, like words and phrases that are given to me to define certain things Um, I'm not necessarily saying that those words like one that we're going to talk about this morning is life force Um, I'm not necessarily saying that that is the word that defines X it's just words that are given to me in the context of these downloads and of course the downloads are coming to me in the form of thoughts through meditation sometimes when i'm out and about during the day sometimes in dreams um, sometimes purely visual which even the visuals i've decided to start referring referring to them as lucid visuals even though they're like pictures but they're more than that and i chose that phrase lucid visual because they remind me a lot of lucid dreaming if you've ever done that before where you can you're in a dream, but it seems extremely real, but you can also interact with it. I don't know if you've ever had that experience before, but, um, so these are kind of like that, these, uh, lucid visuals, the biggest challenge that I found with those, um, which I think I shared in the last session is that, um, for whatever reason, They're really hard to look at and describe Um, because there's so much information, for lack of a better word again, associated with these pictures that uh, it's overwhelming. Um, Like in my current state of mind, if you will, um, I haven't fully mastered being able to dissect those pictures and all the meaning around them. Um, but they come very clearly to me, um, and I don't have any problems seeing them. And in some cases I get multiples at the same time, sometimes while I'm driving, which is kind of dangerous. Happened to me the other day, practically wrecked the car, um, because I started, it's, they can be so overwhelming that it just like tears just start flowing and then it's hard to see and, you know, uh, all of that. Um, and so what I've been finding as I'm getting more used to the flow of this stuff is that I'm like hearing actual words in my mind and I write those down and I've been familiar with those voices in my head for a really long time for decades. Um, but simultaneously I'm also getting pictures that also have this information and stuff in it. And so, um, I've learned to not talk about the pictures uh, just because the moment I turn my inner gaze to those pictures and there's like all of them are as vivid to me now as they were when I got them Um, but I found that the more I turn my gaze to those pictures and try to describe them the emotion just rises up in me really quickly and just shuts my brain down and I can't talk about them so I'm. I think I'm getting better at starting to describe what some of them are, um, and I've been doing that some lately, and we'll get to that eventually. Um, So right now, where we're going to start today, um, we're about a month behind. Okay, Um, but it's not going to take a month to get to where we are, where I am currently with downloads. It's so it's not going to be like real time discussion. I don't think it needs to be. Um, But anyways, so as we go through um, and I share some of what I'm going to share here with you this morning, um, I'm going to be using certain phrases that were given to me as I share them. But again, that doesn't mean that that's definitely, you know, the only word that you can use to describe what's being described. Um. It's just what worked for me in the context of my own personal insights and beliefs and all of that. So they're using language that I would recognize, okay? So what I thought I would do um, with this kind of information, um, especially with some of these downloads, I thought it would make a lot more sense to probably just read through them and, um, and then just kind of talk about, um, some of what was shared. And in many cases, usually what happens is I will get like, just words start flowing in my mind. I type them out until they stop. Um, and then sometimes I'll ask questions and then They get an I they give answers and then I ask more questions and they give answers and so on and so forth. So, um, this particular one uh, from October 4th is um, very interactive like that. Sometimes there I don't ask any questions, sometimes I'm told not to ask questions, um, and then other times you know I'm given the opportunity to do that. Um, And the reason why I try not to always ask questions, this is pretty early on, so I didn't know any better. I was like, you know, a dog in a new pan. Um, (laughs) But I've learned that um, you can, like I'd rather just get the downloads and whatever needs to be shared as purely as possible rather than guide them with my questions because I'm very much a questions person. Um, And so... Of course, I'll get answers to the questions that I ask. But but what if there are more pressing, you know, bits of information that want to be shared in the moment? So that's why I've kind of backed away from uh, asking so many questions. But uh, what I'm going to share today wasn't one of those times. <laughs> um, so... I will do my best to delineate what was shared versus questions that I asked. Okay. So uh, to start off, uh, this is how uh, this particular one started out. Uh, In this moment, we want to share with you about life force. Life force permeates everything you see, everything and everything you cannot see it is the energy source that powers everything you could refer to it as the breath of god so one of the things that i have also discovered is that they're very good at presenting things in um, analogy uh just to help me understand where they're coming from so like in this case they said you could refer to it as the breath of god but it doesn't mean that it is the breath of god okay just to kind of clarify that uh and i'm going to refer to um the downloads that i get as they like they said whatever um mostly because i have no freaking idea who it is it's talking (laughs) i mean i have some suspicions but anyway um so i asked is the life force light and they responded no life force existed before light before anything life force is actually what you saw and experienced when you saw the light unhindered you said that there was information in the light that's true life force is living you could also refer to it as the glory of god does that mean that life force is the glory of god no it's an analogy okay um then i asked Is the library simply life force? Since the whole definition of the library, by the way, I'll just say this again. The library, me calling this the library, simply came from the first vision that I had of it. It looked like a library. Okay. And so they've referred to it as the library. I'm referring to it as the library. Is that the real actual name for it? Probably not, probably don't even know what the actual name may not even have an actual name. I mean, but again, it's a it's a reference point. So I asked, "Is the library simply life force?" And they responded, "No. While your subconscious mind serves as an interface and conduit to and through you, it is the life force that is flowing through. It is from the life force that music flows, inspiration flows, language flows vibration flows and i asked so life force is vibration then and they responded no vibration is the language of the life force but it is not life force and one thing that i found about this i haven't spent a lot of time dissecting these downloads i'm just getting them so you know we get to kind of do that together um there's a lot to unpack in these things though i do know that much um so i responded the bible says in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth now the earth was formless and empty darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of god was hovering over the waters and god said let there be light and there was light so that's genesis 1. and i said um is god here life force And they responded, yes and no. In a manner of speaking, you could say that God is a representation of life force because God is using it to create. But in reality, God, as you define it, is simply a master at using the life force. Everything you see and hear in the spirit, including right now, is from the life force. And I uh, responded again with another scripture because it popped into my mind. Um, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, uh, which is Ephesians 3.20. I said, uh, I have always commented that I can think a lot, which in my mind meant that literally anything I could imagine can exist. Is that what this re- is, what this verse is referring to, life force? And they responded, that it is but the context is askew scripture personifies God as the life force him who is able to but how do you think he is able to do it life force life force is all-knowing and all-seeing because everything is connected yes including the rocks the thought of the rock Um, I had a thought pop into my mind of rocks and so that's another thing that often happens is as I'm getting these downloads, I'll have my own thoughts that come to mind and they respond to them without me even saying anything. Um, That actually happens a lot. Um, Because I would imagine these downloads have to be slowed down considerably because they're dealing with my conscious mind. You know what I mean? And that's where the pictures kind of come in handy because they can... impart a lot of information really quickly I can't necessarily process it, but I can get it quickly instead of using language. It's kind of like accessing the internet through a 2400 baud modem instead of um, you know a gigabit connection That's kind of what it's like like they're having to deal with lowest common denominator which is like spoken language which is like a 2400 bod modem um so let's see where are we okay so i i said uh or responded back to them i was going to ask about when people die but i'm pretty sure i know the answer what is a better question i can ask about the life force and they responded life force encompasses everything it flows it all it is always now and it is still your bible says be still and know that i am god you have a, you have small representations of life force all around you as a pattern and reminder every type of energy source demonstrates how life force works but not what it is it is everything and so i asked can you explain more the difference between life force and the library mm-hmm and they responded life force is like a carrier wave the library is what the life force is carrying and so uh whenever they said that the idea of um uh carrier signals or carrier waves like they mentioned carrier wave and so i took time to look it up and this is what i found from wikipedia in telecommunications a carrier wave carrier signal or just carrier is a waveform that is modulated or modified with an information bearing signal for the purpose of conveying information. This carrier wave usually has a much higher frequency than the input signal does. This is how television works. This is how radio works. Like all of our communication technology that we have today uses carrier waves. And so it was an interesting choice of analogy to me that they would respond that uh, life force is the carrier wave and the library is the information that the life force is carrying and so i said so in a manner of speaking the library is data and they responded Uh, The word data is a very weak representation for the library, but you have no better word. The library is all there is. And that's, I put that in quotes. And um, so I responded again. uh, So there is the library and the life force. Are there any other timeless somethings that we haven't discussed yet? My question comes from the idea of a trinity. And so that was one of the things that really stood out to me. You know, we're often told in a variety of different religions, including Christianity, about the Trinity, you know, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, you know, whatever the case may be. And so I was kind of curious. One of the things that I spend a lot of time researching is to get to the root of concepts, like why are certain things taught the way they are? why are certain things declared as being a certain way there has to be a reason why it started somewhere and so that's kind of where that question came from you know i was shown two two of these things here whatever you want to call them the library and life force is was there a third and here's how they responded in a manner of speaking there is uh it's expression Expression is the echo, the reflection, the manifestation of the library through the life force. And, uh, I had a thought about, um, emotion connected to expression and then, um, they responded. I didn't even type it out. Uh, I just wrote it in, well, I typed it out in brackets. Um, but I hadn't written it down until after they responded, um, they said, emotion has nothing to do with expression. Expression evokes emotion. Uh, yes, uh, but, there is, uh, but it is not synonymous with expression. And then I had a bit of an epiphany and said, um, so then expression is form. And they said, yes, well put. And I asked, are there other words for library life force and expression? And they responded, many, but we'll stick with these representations for this discourse. So it kind of goes back to what I said earlier, how they um, there's different words. But uh, one of the things that I thought was really important that came out of this particular download, and they build on this a lot later on, is three parts of this process the library being one of them and then life force and then expression and later on they go on to define um how like expression is just the manifestation of the library and the information or whatever that's in the library is communicated through the life force which one of the things that whenever they started talking about life force My mind immediately, of course, went to the force in Star Wars, um, because it sounds like the same thing, right? And uh, one of the things, I think I shared this last week, but one of the things that stood out to me was um, they had made a statement about everything that we see in movies and all of that, and novels that we read and all of that, Um, we see it all as fiction, because it comes out of the writer's imagination. But where does the imagination come from? Like, where does that come from? Well, the argument could be it comes from the library, because the library is all that is. It contains everything. So um, how do you delineate, if you're drawing data from the library, how do you delineate whether something is fiction or nonfiction? Like, did you ever really think about that before? So you have this, we'll say it's a place. I I guess I could make a good argument that it is a place because I've been there, um, in a manner of speaking, um, but you have this place and it has all that is contained within it. Um, and by the way, I've got more insight into some of the other rooms. Maybe we'll talk about that at the end. Um, And so it's basically raw data in a very weak manner of speaking. So it's this raw data. We're the ones that give a definition through, that's where the expression comes in or we give it form. Uh, So in a raw data state, um, you could equate it to uh, binary code ones and zeros. How can you take like one section of binary code? using that as the analogy, ones and zeros, and say, oh, well, this grouping of ones and zeros is fiction, but this other grouping of ones and zeros is uh, nonfiction, and this other set of ones and zeros is a picture of a cow, right? Like, how do you delineate from a data perspective uh, at the core level? You can't. Ultimately, what defines what it is, is how it's expressed. So in other words, whenever uh, a writer gets an insight for a new novel, um, whether it's a space drama or, you know, Star Wars or Harry Potter or whatever, just using them, we automatically assume because we can't travel to Tatooine. Oh, well, that's just a name that uh, George Lucas invented. Where did the idea come, uh, you know, come from? Um, Where did the name Harry Potter come from? You know, and you could just go right down the list. uh, All the classic novels. It's like, well, you know, we can't go to Tatooine. We can't go see the Mandalorian and the child. You know, we can't go visit um, Middle Earth. You know, we can't physically travel to those places. Um, So therefore, it must be fiction. It's made up. It's imaginary. It came from Tolkien's mind. It came from George Lucas's mind. It came from Ray Bradbury's mind. You know, it is fiction. Jules Verne. It is fiction. And so that's what we believe. And one of the things that I have discovered is that that's actually not really the case. It's not true. Because how can we define what is fiction and what isn't it's only based on our own context you know um but just because you and i have never been to middle earth and we've read these novels that were written by tolkien doesn't mean that it isn't real and i know that this may sound insane you know because in a manner of speaking i'm saying that star wars and all the events that happened in it are real Middle-earth and all the things that happened in it are real. Harry Potter and all the things that happened in all the stories are real. That sounds insane to say that. But I would venture to bet that you can't prove me wrong. How are you going to prove me wrong? You know, our context is, in our current time of living here on the planet, is that, oh, well, yeah, I mean, it didn't exist, and then... You know, Tolkien got these really cool ideas because of the forest that he visited that was near where he lived. And so he just wrote out those ideas using his creativity and imagination. So, of course, it's not real. It's only real in Tolkien's mind. You know, you can make that argument very easily. And I get it. I could agree with that, except the fact that whether it's real or imaginary is only based on our current frame of reference. So, what if, through some weird set of circumstances, you were transported to what you eventually figured out was Middle-Earth? What you ultimately figured out was one of the planets in Star Wars. And now, all of a sudden, there's stormtroopers around, and there's weird-looking aliens, and you're thinking, Man, I ate too much pizza last night. Like, what the hell is going on here? This can't be real. Tony's messing with my brain. Now I'm imagining that I'm actually traveling to these planets that are in Star Wars that George Lucas made up. And how could that possibly be real? Right? Here's what I'm learning. What I'm learning is, and and by the way, me saying that these novels are real or not. Part of it is to be provocative. Part of it is to get you to think. A lot of it, honestly, i'm coming to conclude is actually the case and i'll explain why let's say for the sake of discussion that everything that is truly is in the library and let's say that the library has no frame of reference or context that delineates what is real or not real what is fiction or nonfiction. The library sits outside of time. We are driven by time. We live on a very linear timeline. You know, right now, according to my clock on my computer, it's ten twenty nine. A minute from now it'll be ten thirty. It's about as predictable as you can get. And all of that time is based upon the Earth revolving around our sun, three hundred sixty five and a quarter days a year, right? And it's been pretty consistent from a timekeeping perspective for who knows how long, right? So uh, we're very keenly aware of time and its linearness. We're governed by it. We get older as we continue to live and fly around this sun. And so it's a very real part of our existence and our reality. But here's the thing. If you sit outside of time, how would you view information? You know, we say, we're going back to time. We're Chris and I just finished watching this series, I guess it was on Netflix, called Barbarians, uh, which was about uh, the Germanic tribes clashing with the Roman Empire um, about the first century AD, I think is the time setting. So is uh, dramatized or fictionalized history or whatever you want to call it. And so we could say, okay, so we go back 2000 years ago and this is an approximation of what could have happened. You know, we don't know for sure because none of us were around then, at least in our current form. Um, But there's no way of proving otherwise. And again, it's based on a timeline. It would be extremely arrogant for us to assume that we're the only planet in the entire universe with intelligent life on it. And I use the phrase intelligent life very loosely here because sometimes I wonder. Um, <laughs> but will give us all the benefit of the doubt. Um, and so let's say that there's just one, one other planet that has intelligent evolved life um except that their sun maybe is a uh a pulsar or maybe it's a sun similar to ours but the sun is larger and maybe the the uh, planet that they live on is larger or smaller so it affects gravity um the size would obviously affect gravity If the sun is bigger, it would affect the pool on the planet. So chances are likely that that them having a 365 day per year cycle would be slim to none. Uh, Chances are likely their year, as we call them years, could be shorter, could be longer. We don't know. Okay, so if they keep track of time... They're not going to be dealing with 24 hours in a day, seven days a week, 365 a year. So them looking at the exact same information, how would their context be different than ours? Or how would it be the same? What if they don't even chronicle time? You know, what if they just live? Chances are they may chronicle time, but who knows? You know, we don't know. And so multiply that times 100 million, all of whom have access to the same library that we do. Now you might say, hold on a minute, Tony. You said earlier that the library has millions of rooms and access to those rooms depend on the frequencies that you ac- that you can access those rooms from. So humans, that's you and I, have access to this room in the library where I'm getting these downloads from and no other people groups that are out there somewhere in the universe would have access to that information. So how would our context even be close? What if, I don't know how many of you ever saw um, any of the, uh, oh, what's the name of the movie? It's terrible. I f- forgot about it. Probably doesn't matter because I can't remember it. Um, Stargate. There you are. The movie Stargate, right? If you've ever seen that. I can't believe I forgot that for a moment. We have like a giant Stargate in our nerd store. Um, So one of the interesting elements of the movie Stargate was that there were humans living on another planet in another part of the universe that got there through a Stargate. Right? And so they developed independently of humans on Earth, but um, they're still humans, distant relatives. So we would say, we could argue, well, that's a movie, but I think we've already addressed that. But what if, just suppose for a minute, that... um, Let me take a quick drink. Suppose for a minute that we are not the only humans living on a planet. Suppose for a minute that there are actually numbers, millions of humans that live other places, not only in our galaxy, but other galaxies around the universe that ultimately came from the same source, which means that they have access to the same information that we do. Like, what if what if that's the case? Can't prove it otherwise. You know, we haven't been there. So we can't prove that it's right or wrong. Can't prove if it's true or not. Sounds like science fiction. Right? Um, what if there is another place that a different version of you We'll call it the complete you. Existed somewhere else. That you were inextricably tied to. Didn't know it necessarily. But you are nonetheless. We could call it your higher self. What if your higher self isn't just some weird metaphysical description to try to justify your subconscious mind? But it actually is a literal version. Like talking, breathing, moving person. It's you. Or it's me. But not here. On planet Earth. On another planet. So if it's you, and if it's me... Except the higher expression, higher vibration, however you want to define it. This other Tony, complete Tony, um, living on this other planet that I have a connection to, is that preposterous? Like, is that insane to think that? Quantum physics tells us that it isn't insane. That it's entirely possible. Um, I actually mentioned that in the story that I shared in the PDF that I offered yesterday, it's called quantum entanglement by location. You can be in two places at the same time and you are connected. You are entangled with the other person or the other object or whatever. And so what if the insights, the downloads, the flashes that you receive in your mind's eye, if you get those, is just the complete you feeding you information. In other words, what if the voices inside my head, so to speak, is just me, except on a different level of vibration? What if these feeds coming from the library aren't aliens or God or whatever else you want to define them as? It's just me talking to myself. Except not my creative, imaginative, subconscious, or unconscious mind. But it's actually another person. A real me. And so these trips that I take in my dreams or in visions or whatever, as I stated in the PDF, is just me traveling to a different place where I already live. Like I'm just seeing a different home like what if it sounds really science fiction and it sounds really woo woo but in reality and this is what i'm really coming to conclude this is the frame of reference that i'm looking at all of this from in reality you can't prove me wrong you can't necessarily prove me right either but you can't prove me wrong Um, but as I'm getting these bits of downloads and these, uh, pictures and different things like that, there's like this, this gnawing something in the back of my mind going, there is much, much more that we don't understand at all. This is, this rabbit hole goes way deeper than we understand or realize. And so then to me, it begs the question, okay, so if there is another version of me, not necessarily like a doppelganger, but just a higher version of me, higher version of you, what are some of these people, these real physical human people who also have the same access that we do to this information, um, what if they somehow physically traveled here to this planet? Would we be able to tell them apart from any other human being? Have they been here already? Um, would they come here and why? It's, it's a very intriguing thought, isn't it? And I have some insights about that. I'm not going to talk about them today. Um, I kind of got to build you up for some of this stuff. Because <laughs> it's taken me a, a month's worth of processing just to kind of even consider some of these things myself um but one of the things that I'm realizing as I start to hear some of this stuff it's really challenging a lot of what I've accepted as truth it's been challenging what I believe and it isn't so much that it sounds fantastical because it does um it's the uh, the weight of It's the weight these downloads carry, and I, it's not a really good way of describing it, um, language limitation again, but you know how, you know how you feel inside whenever you just know something, like you just know, and then it proves out to be true, you know, or whatever. That's kind of how this is. It's not like emotion, but it is. It's not like intuition and aha moments, but it is. It's just like this knowing and it's it's all of this. Like my challenge to you in all of this, I, I know some of you have gotten insights and visions and dreams and all of that probably well truth be told all of you have um, in one form or another you may not have recognized them as such but um we all have this ability I am not special like I the only difference between me and somebody who may not recognize that they're actually getting this data feed from wherever is that I've recognized it only because I've been taught for years to to see differently you know it's been a long process over almost 30 years of you know this feeding me little bits and pieces to try to get me to open up my eyes to consider that everything we see around us may not be all there is you know it's easy to say well yeah tony you're insane where we are right now is reality i can touch my desk i can flick my microphone i can look at my cell phone and pick it up and see that i just paid soundcloud my monthly subscription (laughs) you know like i can see and touch all of that and therefore it is real and everything that you just described is imaginary um and so sure you could prove maybe that your cell phone is real and your desk is real because you can touch it but that gets into some other very interesting uh discussions based on beliefs and frames of reference that we have like for instance you know um you know yourself just like i do we look at ourselves in the mirror every day we see that you know we're devilishly handsome or beautiful (laughs) or not perhaps in my case I told Kristen uh this morning when we were standing in line to vote I said you know I've been making these um these disney style cartoon versions of my grandkiddos and everything and I did one of my daughter one of my daughters and cuz she asked me for one and so I got the right idea um hey you know maybe I should turn myself into a cartoon character for disney or whatever And so I tried several different pictures of myself, and I quickly realized that um, I kind of look more like uh, Quasimodo from (laughs) Hunchback of Notre Dame (laughs) in those images, you know, definitely the beast more than the beauty. Uh, So I decided, yeah, we're not going to do that because they all turned out with me looking super goofy. Um, But anyway, so we can see ourselves in a mirror. And yeah, we're real. I mean, if, you know, you pinch yourself, you're going to feel it and all of that. And, um, and so then what happens if you die? Like it's an eventuality. So we're told, um, I'm not a hundred percent convinced, but I guess, you know, we'll find out. Um, so what happens when we die? All of a sudden the physicalness is gone. But yet, we're eternal beings. That's what we're told. And I believe that. Um, You know, we're eternal beings. So, does that mean that, you know, 30 seconds after, you know, the big end, the anti-climax, does that mean that we cease being real? Of course not. If anything, we're more real after this physical suit is gone because we're not limited by and constrained by the physical nature of living here on this planet so if we're not less real but yet we can't touch anything necessarily when we're floating around in space which isn't reality either um then what is real you know what i mean if you could control frequency and vibration in a manner of speaking, you could put your hand right through your cell phone and never be able to put it up or pick it up just right down through it. Because everything is energy and everything is motion. And if you go down to, you know, the absolute uh, atomic level, you have these uh, these little balls whizzing around a central core and there's nothing but space between them. And so if you understand that and can match your frequency to that, you can literally put your hand right through your desk. Just zoom. But that ain't real. That's magic. That's that's evil. You know, that's the devil doing that. It's stupid, really, whenever you think about it like that. We're talking physics. And we're talking reality. So we can point to the fact that I can drive a car and i can see my computer screen and all of that and say oh well yeah that's real that's reality and then boom we die and then what becomes of reality well we don't know i mean we have an idea because of near-death experiences you know people die and then they come back again and they all see a white light that they get to walk to or whatever and so you know what's at the end of the white light like a giant train it's coming to whack us you could say it's god you could say it's our loved ones that are waiting there because many people report seeing their loved ones that have already died. But again, our loved ones are merely a frequency. Just like you and me, we are frequencies. We're vibrations, a collection of them. And so if you go into heaven, we'll, we'll use that phrase, expecting to see your dad, your great-grandma, or whatever, why wouldn't you see it? You're already down into those frequencies, so why wouldn't you see them? It makes sense. It's data, and all that data is in the library, so why wouldn't they be there? They are. Guess who else you would get to see? Your great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren who haven't even been born yet, because they're all data too. They're all also in the library. And so when you get right down to it, some of these downloads that have been coming to me really aren't that insane after all because, A, we really have no idea what reality truly is. We're actually creating our own reality. That's the fact of the matter is that we create our own reality. We determine, you and me, determine what reality is. And so if if that's true and it is, And we can create our own reality. Then guess what? We can change our own reality. And to me. That's where it gets exciting. Because. As humans here on planet earth. We live so far below. Our potential. It's sad. And I'm included in that bunch. I mean we just. We live way, way below what's possible to us because it can't be true. That's science fiction, you know. So it was running a four-minute mile at one point until somebody did it. And then all of a sudden, oh, wow, everybody started doing it. Not me, of course. <laughs> I can't imagine at 58 I'm going to be running a four-minute mile anytime soon. But, um, but that's just a simple example. You know, uh, so it's one thing that I really like to challenge you with, um, based on today's discussion is, you know, how much of what we accept, very big word there, how much we accept as reality really doesn't need to be that way. You know, just a simple change of mind adjust frequencies in our body in ways that all of a sudden things change. And what if in the library, given that it contains everything that it ever will be or ever was, and we have unlimited access to that information through life force or whatever you want to call it, What download can you access that could literally change everything in your life right now? You know, the one thing that I always had a problem with, one of the things I always had a problem with um, in church was the whole argument of treasures in heaven and, you know, the mansions and all of that kind of stuff. That made zero sense to me. Like, to me that just doesn't hold water at all you know um and it it never did never will it Makes zero sense to me um the reality is that if i can create a mansion in heaven i sure as hell can create a mansion here on earth not that i want one i don't you know but it's just It's a really good example of how we're conditioned to think certain ways. You know, lowest common denominator vibration. That seems to be the life of many people. Um, It's honestly one of the reasons why I think T. Harv Eker said in his introduction to Secrets of the Millionaire Mind that you're the average of your five closest friends. You know, so we end up living our life as humans playing the lowest common denominator game. You know, no wonder the powers that be, our higher selves or God or whoever it is, keep telling us we need to evolve. We need to ascend. We need to increase our vibration, whatever you want to call it. It's because we've all locked into this reality that's way beneath us. One thing that I will share, I don't think I've shared this before, is I was told See if I can figure, find out where I was told this. On the first of October. Actually, I'll just read this and then we'll kind of close with this. It just fits well. Um, here's what I was told. Uh, there are a few things about to be revealed that will be shocking to some. Some will say end times. Others will call it ascension, but neither are correct. In order for the next steps of humanity to take place, a retuning must occur. And I asked, retuning, what does that mean and entail? And the response was, there are many influences that impact the human psyche and their ability to see and experience the world around them. You said it last night when you talked about learning to see at a different wavelength. Humans are synchronized to Schumann's resonance 7.83 hertz if they were to reset to a higher specific frequency as a new normal it would have a prof- it would have profound changes on humanity in general it would be perceived by many as a spiritual experience or enlightenment uh in reality it would just be the universe making the same types of adjustments it's made for millennia when you think about the ancient peoples and the accomplishments attributed to them Newgrange, Stonehenge, the pyramids, uh, Catal Hayuk. Um, The people then are thought of as more primitive or less than, but nothing could be further from the truth. They simply were functioning at a different frequency than you. It wasn't something they did, it just was. And I said, okay, makes sense, but speaking of those sites, some have speculated that they, the humans, had help from aliens. You know i got to go there, right? Um, And they responded, attitudes and points of view were much different then compared to today. Many, Many today consider your race as advanced due to technological advances. But on a grander scheme, that simply isn't true. There were many technologies that were available to earlier peoples because it was normal to them. Yes, in a sense, you could say it was from aliens. But to the earlier people, it was their normal. People today have skewed ideas of aliens that have been hyped by media and Hollywood. They're not little green men, so to say. Remember, in the grand scheme of the universe, humans are mere children, toddlers, as a species, and it's time for your next growth spurt. And I asked, how will this returning occur? And they responded, it has already begun. Uh, There are many influences at play in the universe and with your planet. Your moon and other planets impact life on your planet. The sun impacts life on your planet. Even the electromagnetic field, the earth's tilt, rate of rotation, etc. impacts life on your planet. The retuning subtly adjusts many of these influences. So uh, some will blame changes on humanity like global warming for example. But that isn't the case. Global warming as a concept is simply a human invented agenda. Yes, you must care for your planet. But remember, your planet has been here much longer than you have. And I asked, so you are saying that this retuning is just a naturally occurring phenomenon? And they said, not exactly. Yes, the changes that are occurring are the result of slight adjustments to various Cosmic bodies and influences, but the timing is deliberate and necessary. It must occur for the next level of human advancement. It has been planned for millennia. You just happen to be here at the perfect time to witness it. And I asked, so what will happen? What will be the end result? And the response was, your perceptions will change gradually. The retuning will affect how you think see hear and feel because it will happen gradually most will not recognize it as an adjustment they will notice change but it will not be a shock to their system as it would if it happened all at once remember your vision where i put my hand over your eyes then removed it what you saw and experienced was definitely a shock to your system now imagine that happening simultaneously to everyone on the planet the result would be devastating the retuning, once complete, will enable you, humanity, to see and experience things differently. You could say more clearly. In reality, it will just be that humans will have access to new frequencies and wavelengths, a broader spectrum. Your awareness of your place in the grand scheme of the universe will be heightened, and it will pave the way for your next steps in evolving as a species. And yes, that evolving will include interactions with other higher vibration beings it will also result in new technologies and advancements because you will be able to connect the dots in new ways and I asked what about government suppression of all of this it seems to happen all over now and has for decades and they responded they cannot stop what's coming and that was it so uh. Very interesting. And to me, it kind of helps put some of this that we were talking about earlier into perspective that um, change is coming. You know, it's time for us to grow up a little bit as a race and start stepping into who we really have the potential of being, you know, rather than living life at the lowest common denominator. And to me, that's really exciting because. I don't know if we'll see the end result of it all of this shift, this retuning um, because I don't know how long it takes but um, we get to witness some of it and that to me is pretty exciting Um, certainly our kids or our grandkids maybe um, even more so but I think it's uh, the best thing that we can do and I'll end with this the best thing that we can do is take a look at everything that we believe, everything that we accept as normal reality and consider what if it's something different? What if it's not what we believe? What could be a higher use of our time and energy? You know, ask questions about ourselves instead of just accepting everything blindly because that's what my mama believed. Um, (coughs) and I'm not just talking about religion here, but just start questioning. Why do you believe what you believe? You just accept it because that's what you were told. Um, or is it something else? You know, um, I guarantee you that there's much more to this apple pie than we realize. (laughs) And, uh, To me, that's incredibly accepting or exciting. Uh, Margaret says, yes, exciting times. Changes are happening now. Spirit, eyes wide open. Yeah, I think that's the best way to live, you know. Um, Why not shoot for the stars? no pun intended, but you know, why not? Why not just open ourselves up to other possibilities that, you know, maybe we got it wrong. Maybe we got some things right. Maybe we got it all wrong. Who knows? But to me, that's been one of the coolest things about these library downloads is that it's challenging the hell out of me. Um, and what I've always believed to be true, but it also has been confirming some things that I've been kind of suspicious of, but just wasn't really sure how to express, you know, and there's times, as I stated earlier, where I still feel like I have a hard time expressing it. Like language is very limiting and I never really thought I would ever say that, but sometimes it certainly seems that way. (coughs) Excuse me. My office gets very dry in the fall and the winter. I probably should just. Actually, I think I have a humidifier in here somewhere. But anyway, uh, so that's all I have for uh, this episode, I guess. Um, We will get together next Tuesday at 10 a.m. and uh, go on to what's next. What is next? Okay, so here's what we're going to talk about next week. I just read up to uh, October, we were reading October 4th, Um, so October 5th is what we'll talk about next week, and it appears that it's about the purpose of time, so that'll be fun. Uh, and says, ooh, so much to think about. Now I have to look into Vibration and Resonance. Any ideas where to search for more info into these areas? Um, honestly, a quick Google search will probably bring up more information than you can imagine. I'm glad you made it, Maria. Uh, she arrived late because of a computer glitch. I know that feeling. Um, But mind expandingly interesting stuff for sure and making me think about many things. Thanks, Tony. That is my whole goal. You really summed it up well. My whole goal is to get you to think and see differently. That's why I'm here on this planet. And Margaret says, Thank you, Tony. See you tonight. Yeah, I haven't quite decided on tonight. I have two different directions, and I'm not quite sure which one I'm going to go in yet. But I guess you'll find out when you get there. Me too. Uh, So anyway, enjoy the rest of your day, uh, everyone. And uh, we will talk tonight.